0: the truth you are now listening to the facts.
1: What's going on everybody? Welcome back to straight facts, a sports show that educates and entertains. I'm Jules Schmitz accompanied by James Jackson and Jake Galley. This past week in sports everyone Liverpool wins the Champions League beating Tottenham 2-0 2-0 in the final. NCAA moves three-point line back. Andrew McCutcheon out for the season with a torn ACL. Andy Ruiz Jr. also defeats Anthony Joshua in a heavyweight title fight. Here's a fact straight at ya. Every field goal by the Golden State
2: Warriors in the second half of game two was assisted every single one, like every like that's a, actually a that's little what you have
0: to know right there. It's a little
2: mind boggling to be honest. That's messed up. Um, well, that's what happens when you take Kevin Durant out of your lineup, ISO ball goes away, and they start sharing the ball, and it happens straight like that, right?
0: And also, Clay Thompson getting hurt in that game that was really a fun game to watch because in the first half, I was like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm.
2: the Warriors are actually gonna go down, they're done. No, no, it doesn't no, happen, not All right, quite. So, so, let's talk about the Warriors without. KD and Clay. Katie Clay and now Comvon Ludi out um right. indefinitely. Yeah, the Warriors only had one lineup this regular season that played fifty plus minutes without those three. They're not used to operating without those three. Can they get it done? They are going back home to the house, but can they get it done in games three and four? So
1: I think Clay is going to play. Um, He continued to play after the initial injury the other night, his Mm -hmm. hamstring strain. He was practicing yesterday. He's kind of on the LeBron level of durability. LeBron just doesn't miss games. It seems like, and you know, Clay hasn't missed a postseason game in his career. He led the team with twenty five points the other night. I think he's good to
2: go. Yeah, I think he. He said he's going to have to be what near death for him not to play. And he said this morning he he like it's hard to imagine a situation where he doesn't play in Game Star 3. And, and
0: just to pull back the curtains a little bit, we are recording this on Wednesday, so right, we yeah. won't know the results of Game 3 until after this has already came out, but uh, to that point, they, they kind of need Clay Thompson to play yeah. Uh, I mean, we'll talk about what what the Raptors did to the Warriors when Klay Thompson was out and when Durant was out at the end of that fourth quarter with the box. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But what Klay Thompson brings, especially without Durant, is the ability to space the floor. That goes without saying. He's a great three-point shooter. But Mm. you look down the list and the Warriors, it's like so bizarre that— it's like they need offense. Which yeah. how can you even be saying that about the
2: Warriors? But here we stand, and give credit to the Raptors for doing a good job on defense. And I well, I think to the defensive point, this is gonna be the first time that the Warriors might might have to have a game plan that centers around their defense and not that their offense, because they have two of their best scorers and their best offensive rebounder not on the floor anymore. And like the the lineup that they're gonna probably have to roll out now is probably gonna go Curry, Iggy, Jarebko, Livingston, and Draymond Green now with all the injuries. Um, they only have a net rating that that five only has a net rating of 2. Point, plus 2.5 on the floor together because they haven't been on the floor a lot together and now going up against a Raptors team that's really hitting on all cylinders is going to be really tough.
1: So what's interesting to me is you know Katie's been in the media the past week. Obviously he wants to play, mm-hmm. but should he come back with a soft tissue injury? I believe there's a high risk of injuring himself again if he forces this. Long-term may not be the best bet. However, I do think he's going to play in Game 5. I, was, I do think I he's going to play.
2: I was very surprised that they didn't make him active going back home for Game 3 in a familiar territory. And that also, you could play him on a little bit of a minutes restriction because you're at home and your role players are going to step up and play better at home and he won't have to really carry you. But I think since they saw themselves win Game 2 and they're running a little bit of momentum, I think they're, like you said, Joel, like it's going to be a hold KD out until we average... Absolutely need him. Like why why bring him out there not anything more than a hundred? The Warriors
1: are the New England Patriots of basketball with their dynasty. They have a great system, that system that works. They know how to mold and adjust when it happens. And I know Jake wants to say something about that.
2: (laughs) He can't he can't argue it though. You can't argue with though. This
1: is my thing though. People assume they're gonna win because they're a a super team. But to me, there's no guarantees. You earn my respect when you win. And they've won five, yes, but this is a different year. This is a different year.
0: The thing about this year is, well, oddly enough, I'm actually kind of rooting for them. I don't know. Drake rubs me the wrong way. But regardless, this year is really the first year in their entire run where they've had bad injuries. And I've said it year after year when they were going up against LeBron, this will be the year they have injuries. This will be the year. And it never was. It turns out this right now is the year that they do have injuries.
2: And it, LeBron's got to be sick knowing that if he did stay in the East, he probably would have made the finals and he would have gotten to play the Warriors team without KD, without Clay, a sick Steph Curry, a <laughs> hurt Andre Iguodala, no Kevon no Ludi. He would have played half a Warriors team. We also got a Woj bomb that literally just came in as we're reporting. Um, the Golden State Warriors officials, so not like the coaching staff, but the team officials, would prefer that Klay Thompson sit out for Game 3 to protect his sore hamstring for the rest of the finals, but Thompson has continued to lobby the officials and say that he wants to play for Game 3. Do you remember when in the 2015 Finals when he was bleeding out of his ear? He still played the the next game. This man, you're going to do a lot of people off the floor. That,
0: and I love it. Like, this is something that you love. If he's on your team, you love it. As a team like the Warriors, who's going, this is going to be a tough series, Mm Mm-hmm. I think you do have to think about saying, like, look, Clay. I know you want to go. I know you probably could go, but we need you 100% yeah. for when we come back game four. We need you in there you, if KD can't You down. don't
2: need anybody out there who's not 100%, to be honest. Because if you go up against a juggernaut of a Raptors team, especially, like, people on the defensive end who hound you, a Kyle Lowry, a Fred Van Fleet, a Pascal Siakamu who hound you on the defensive end, that can only, like, aid an in injury. you got to make sure you're 100% it, when you're out there. It
0: gives me, like, PTSD thinking back. To the Sixers versus Rockets last year. Why is every, everything Joel to go and back Bede. To the Sixers.
2: Everything. Well, ever it's passed. just, Come it in. hits
0: me very close to home. And it's the same thing a star player lobbying mm-hmm. to get into the game, and Bede lobbied. He had something wrong with his knee. They let him play, and then he was out for the rest of the year.
2: Yeah. So sometimes you think you're doing the right thing by pushing through, and it's just not. Well, does it as does this have anything to do with Clay's impending free agency? Do they feel they need to hold him or sit him out or play him because they know they may not have him next year? They probably will. Same with KD too. But yeah, same question. That's why I'm very surprised that they're not pushing to play KD, knowing he's probably not going to be here next year. So if he does ruin himself, it's not going to be our problem in the off season. <laughs> the is, it's going to be the Knicks' problem yeah, in the off season. but the
1: thing is with the Warriors. Strength in numbers is their greatest asset, but yet it's also their greatest weakness, right? So, Talk to him. Yeah, I mean, I was watching Clay. uh, I don't know what he's doing. He was at practice the other day, and he was taking his jump shot, and his jump shot did not look natural. So ask yourself this. Do you want to force a player into a deeper injury, or do you want to play him? And I understand it's the finals, and I understand they're missing a couple people, but you really have to take that into account.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, what, what they do, you talk about that strength in numbers, what they do have the ability to do is bring people off the bench who can play well, and they have the impact of the secondary players. Like, right. that, that role very well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and speaking of that impact, Iggy and Quinn Cook were two huge players in that game, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quinn Cook at one point was like, keeping them alive, hitting big shots. And then, of course, at the end, Andre Iguodala nailing the dagger of three. They combined to shoot five of nine from three in game two. The rest of the Warriors only combined to shoot eight of
2: 27. I mean, they scored nine of the final 17 points for the Warriors, including the biggest basket, which you talked about for Andre Iguodala. It was Quinn Cook's coming out party. And that's like you got to have the utmost respect for a guy like Quinn Cook. Uh, A journeyman in the NBA, up and down from the G League, but on three different teams, finally gets – to a place where he feels really at home with the Warriors, and it seems like the Warriors do this a lot, where they find these kind of players, and like the Patriots, turn them into, yeah. turn them oh, yeah. into like very, yeah, you know, utilizing a very utility players. But uh, Quinn Cook not only was a plus on the court, but hit some big shots at the end, including one right in front of Mr. Drizzy Drake that had him sick to his core. <laughs> that yeah. was great. That's that was great. Sick to his core. Well, but,
1: with Iggy banging out that three late in the fourth, it, it was interesting to me because Steph... Curry got interviewed after the game he Mm -hmm. goes I almost find it a little disrespectful now they left them wide open that's not
2: disrespectful
1: well they had everybody on stuff, the entire you know last Wouldn't little you? Bit. Look, had, look this is what I'll say about Iggy too. He's missed his last what is it, 11 threes, I think it is. You so have the Raptors, a, the Raptors did a good job of forcing him to take the shot, almost disrespectful in a sense. But like at the same time, give him a little bit of a a chance. I don't, like, I don't. Give him more this is part.
2: what annoys me about Steph Curry is that like he he's he's like real a real cocky dude. He's saying, oh, they were playing a little bit of janky defense at the end. They weren't playing janky defense. They were playing a strategy. Shut him down. I
1: they were all over him. That's what I'm uh, saying. Yeah,
2: Our janky defense was. made y'all team go scoreless for, for middle five. school defense. For, really for shut up five out plus the minutes. A boxer, y'all let a boxer one like like really take y'all out of your game, and that's what happens when you take play off the court. <laughs> the only person out there who can create his own shot now is Steph Curry. So
1: I've got a question now. So I'm just gonna play devil's advocate for a go second. Go ahead. Go ahead. As much as it was such an amazing shot. Again, just playing devil's advocate, what if he missed that shot with 5.9 seconds left? What did that, what What did that mean for the game? No,
2: that's a great question. If he misses that shot, you you say two things. One, you go over to Nick Nurse and you give him a hug and you say great strategy and great game <laughs> plan and great defense because the exact person who you want taking that shot is the person who took that shot. Right. But at the same time, you go to Andre Godala and you say, next time you're that open, take that shot again. Yeah. Like, if, like if, if. So if Iggy does miss that shot, the Raptors probably get the rebound and have about five or six seconds with the ball at half to go out go down and get their own shot. Exactly. But, but if you're if you have a timeout left, yeah, they, 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 they would have probably burned that yeah. They did have a timeout. So if you're Iggy, if you're a professional basketball player, and the Warriors trust them to take threes, if you're that wide open, you gotta take the shot. And he's
0: not a guy who's afraid of the moment. No. He has been So, like, there's a lot of talk about putting him in the Hall of Fame, and I really wish they would not do that because I love him. I love Iggy, former Sixer. you got to let the moment simmer down. It's really so in the moment. He's not a Hall of Famer. What he is is probably one of the best role players of all time. Right there, he fills in the role of clutch veteran, steps up, drills a huge shot. We've seen him do it before. Usually it's on defense. We've seen him strip people or make a great play. Um, And he's just done a great job, and he's going to be important. And if you look at the – the NBA Finals plus-minus since 2015. Iggy has the highest plus-minus with plus-165, followed by Draymond Green, plus 145, Steph, KD, and Clay down the list. So it's pretty much all the Warriors because
2: they've been in so many. Part of the reason why he won finals MVP that year. So
1: I definitely respect the shot. Obviously, it was an amazing shot. But at the same time, very ballsy we're talking about the Hall of Fame. He went to the media this week. I don't have the exact words off the top of my head. I don't have it written down. But he said something along the lines of, you know, it's just a rotating revolving hey, door in a sense.
2: You want to talk about disrespect, but he kind of disrespected the yeah, Hall of Fame with what he said. exactly. He yeah. was He's very nihilist. It doesn't really matter to like, me. You know what I mean? <laughs> very <laughs> weird
0: comment it by looks, him. You know,
2: he, he did say, it's you know, it doesn't matter to me, and that's the luxury you have when you have three rings on your finger. You right. know, talk to Carmelo Anthony and ask him, or Chris Paul, ask him if the Hall of Fame is going to matter. When you don't have rings on your finger, yes, it's going to matter. But yeah. when you have three rings, when you're part of one of the best dynasties in NBA history Know when it's all said and done The Hall of Fame probably won't matter As much as the rings But I would be hard pressed to ask Iggy in 20 years yeah. When he's not playing anymore And he's not a Hall of Famer Like, Ask Robert Ory if he's a little upset that he's not in the Hall of Fame Because yeah. that's got what Iggy is That Iggy is the modern day Robert Ory So I think he, he's going to miss not being in the Hall of Fame But I agree with him in the sense that It doesn't matter as much as his rings well,
0: matter Iggy's a- got better biceps I- Iggy has better biceps says stat mat That is confirmed factual that is a stat out I'm not, there. I'm not, I'm
2: not. I'm not. I'm not. sure what to do with that. I'm um, not sure. But
0: I, I just find it funny. <laughs> so you, <laughs> you talk about uh, the shot that Iguodala makes, and if he misses that, mm-hmm. what what does the media say about the Warriors, who for the last about six minutes of that
2: game weren't able to score? I, you know what they say? They say the same thing about Steph Curry that they said to him at the end of the 2016 Finals when he couldn't get around Kevin Love. They dogged Steph Curry Ooh. for giving up the ball or not being able to get his own shot and not get it Did back. you see what he said this week about yeah, that? He essentially
0: better. said, it, well, he said, looking back on it, I could have easily just gone around Kevin like, Love and I've gotten a quick too. too. And Love being petty. Quote tweets it and says, "Yeah, easily."
2: Well, that's the, then you then you have a whole domino <laughs> effect because then if you go get it to Cleveland gets the ball back. They still, they still have up they, up they up were up, Well, they were up
0: four at that point, or up they, they were, up, they were up, three up three. They were up three, so they would have been up. They would have okay. been
2: up one with the ball back. They, they probably, still would have
0: made their free throws. Probably put in
2: it there. in Kyrie's hands to seal the deal on okay. free throws, right? So that's a whole a whole snowball effect. But what we do got to talk about is once again they struck again those third quarter warriors.
1: Oh, a thousand percent.
2: The third quarter warriors. Yeah, they led the they led the NBA in third quarter points in the last four years. I mean, it's it's no secret that they come out with a barrage in that third quarter, and they came out on an eighteen and zero run in yeah, game two.
0: And you can account that. Trust me, Steve Kerr. I mean, he has some great players uh, at the helm, but his adjustments and and the tweaks, just the slight tweaks
2: that they make, minor tweaks. So
0: they start running pick and rolls higher up the floor once they cross half court because they like to pressure Steph Curry. Um, and they like to sag off Iggy and Draymond. So when you go and set the high screen, it gives you less of a chance to recover if you do get clipped on that screen. Um, and the Warriors in Game 2 average 1.07 points per possession in the half-court offense, uh, which is phenomenal. That clearly shows right there they ripped off that long run, as you said. Um, and it really kind of shifted the game on a head.
1: What stood out to me really was... Boogie's maturity in the game, I think it's starting to finally shine because of his surroundings, right? Yeah, that's he's true. surrounded by so many influential players. It's humbled a little bit. That And, humbled a little and bit. It, it's humbled him because mm-hmm. he's forced to play with that level of talent. It's almost like, all right, you got to be more collaborative.
2: Mm-hmm. And so. what, what you have to give, again, Steve Kerr credit for is they played Boogie 13 more minutes and didn't really give up the strategy after Boogie didn't play well in his first four. He, he nah. struggled and didn't play well in game one. And the little bit of minute, limited minutes he played. Well,
1: he's a little bit of a liability on defense. And you got to sure. re- yeah. you got to
2: remember he he hasn't played since the since the first series, and he didn't play most of the season. He does not have his legs under him. He turns and,
0: like a commercial cruise ship out there, he and, looks, and
2: and doesn't but, look good. But they like t- most teams would have saw how he played in game one, saw how he played the first four minutes, and abandoned ship, and they didn't. Like they have so much. Uh, security and and so much uh, trust in their players that they stayed exactly with the game plan, and Boogie almost gave him a triple-double on right. his first final start.
0: And also consider he's going to be even more important now. Kavon Looney has an injury to his collarbone, yeah. probably going to be out for the rest of the series, and now you're looking like, okay, not only do we need KD back for the offensive end, we need KD back because we need size. And rebounding, We're, yeah. Right, we need size, rebounding, rim protection, which it's funny to say about your small forward, but right. KD is. Football. Right, seven foot, whatever he actually is, but you I- met. And
2: what and remember what I said last episode when I said Boogie gives them a gives them the ability to like facilitate the offense from the interior. You see how many times that Boogie got the ball at the high post and then someone whether it be Clay, Steph, Draymond will make a back cut and Boogie is very very good at passing out of the post and it showed. That's a whole other dimension and it allows and it's it's part of the reason why so many of their baskets in the second half were assisted. It's because when you put the ball in your big man's hands who can pass now you have three guards running around instead. Instead of mm-hmm. two, and he could put on timely passes, and it worked. It was, it was straight like that.
1: Also, he's not very good about necessarily like getting out of the way, but in a sense, now where they're at in this series, he kinda, they kind of need him to occupy the lane and like go yeah. big or go home type yeah. thing. If KD doesn't come back in this series, which, again, I think he's going to in Game 5, I do think it's essential that Boogie is in and playing to the best of his abilities for the next few games he's not. Um, guys, I do... As much as I want to sit here and talk about the Warriors for another 30 minutes, let's move on to the Raptors. All right, let's talk about the Raptors. Now. Let's, let's, let's uh, jump ship here.
2: Go ahead. All
1: right, guys, just Toronto is, again, still to me, the more athletic team, and they are also a... What, what word do I want to use? Resilient team. It's not over till it's over. What do you guys think?
2: Uh, no, I mean, it's look, it's a tie series right now, so it's still anybody's game. Um, I think a huge... Game three will be a huge indicator because... Now you have the same role players that played well in Game 1 for the Raptors seem to struggle on the road. That's the Fred Van Vliet, mm-hmm. uh, the Pascal Siakams of the world. So, And we know how tough Oracle is to play. They say it's probably the toughest arena to play, especially when it comes finals time because those fans are ready for the finals. They know how their team performs.
0: Yeah, and when you look at a guy like, for me, it's Siakam, who in Game 1 was obviously so great mm-hmm. for Toronto, 32 points. Um, and it, it kind of shows you flashes of how the Philly series went. where for games one and two, yeah. Yeah, he just snapped in game one, and then in game two kind of fell off a little bit. Uh, for me, with Siakam, he has to attack. Like, we talk about yeah, right. him They're having all hill. the skills, him, him, him being able to do so many things for you, but he has to do those things. Mm-hmm. And, and for him to do that, you have to be confident in yourself. You have to attack the lane. And when you have guys like Igadala or Draymond Green who might poke a ball loose here and there, it kind of shakes him up a little bit. For me, if he's going, the Raptors have a really good chance of well, winning.
1: I think their problem is that they're focusing too much and positioning themselves. It's almost like they're too focused on Curry that they give Iggy the availability to take that shot, and I think that's what's hurting Morgan,
2: them. I'm giving I'm giving Iggy that shot ten times out of ten. Hmm. If Iggy hits, it's like the Kawhi roll against the Sixers. Sixers. If Iggy hits that shot, they are just meant to win the game. Like I, I'm I am okay if I'm Nick Nurse that if. Four of of the next five or of the four of the last games come down to Andre Iguodala has to hit a clutch three. I'm taking that. I think you're underestimating we're, him. We are we you just said you just said at the beginning of the show that he missed his last 11 threes. He yeah, hit when one
1: you're under pressure like that. In so a he hit one.
2: Series, like, I don't know. Under pressure is what I mean, is probably a shirt, you know what I mean. Well, and
0: what impressed me obviously the reason that Iguodala was open was because of the box and one defense mm-hmm. that Toronto decided to play. They implemented it with uh, 5.48 left in the game, I think, somewhere around there, Um, and the only bucket that the Warriors got in those five minutes and 48 (laughs) seconds was Was that three. Steph Curry was... So, the way a box and one works, they play four people in a zone, and then the one guy, the box and one, the one, goes and runs around and tries to just stick one one guy, which is usually the best guy. You use this in, like, really, really early levels of basketball, where it's, like, in fifth grade. They have the one overdeveloped kid, so you just sick him mm-hmm. for the whole game and no one else can even put oh, up a shot.
2: the Phoenixville Phantoms middle school basketball team <laughs> was instrumental with the boxing <laughs> one. Oh, we were great at it.
0: So, I mean, and it, it proved – I don't think you – you obviously can't run that. Though you'll get picked apart in the yeah. NBA if you do that. But in spot occasions when teams aren't ready for it, it it's an ingenious move. It's like the Ephus pitch in baseball where it's just so out of left field, out of nowhere
2: – it just shakes you up a little bit, and Steph Curry didn't even get off a field goal while no they points, ran that. No points, no rebounds, no assists. And wow. you ask, who was the one person that the boxing was focused on? It was Steph Curry. So if I'm asking you, like, did it work? 100% it worked. And it goes back to what we were just talking about, Jewel. If Iggy hits that shot, he hits that shot. But I'll ask both, both of you this. Jake, you just said that in spot occasions it works. Did Nick Nurse wait a little bit too long to implement it? Um, It's hard to
0: say because I think that you could also say, okay, he starts playing it at eight minutes left in the game. Maybe the Warriors crack the code with there's two that, minutes left. There's at some point when
2: right. There's at some point when it breaks down. Like you, like I think, I think he played it almost perfectly. Like there's at some point, especially a great team like the Warriors, a great coach like Steve Kerr, who's able to make adjustments. At some point, he calls a timeout and say, we well, like we got to combat this this boxing." World.
1: I think, yeah. I mean, obviously, the Raptors pretty much lost the game in the third quarter, I think the best, or not the best, just a positive attribute in general, general, I think, for the Raptors is having Nick Nurse on their side just because Nick Nurse's ability to adjust so stably under pressure Mm -hmm. is just, it's such a positive. Like, going back, like I said, to with them kind of losing it in, uh, the third quarter. I'm sorry. Well, they. I mean, Low Lowry came in, right? I, I thought Lowry was going to do something, right? right. He, he really didn't. Like, I mean, I, I get he got 13 points. Cool.
2: Everybody got I, neutralized. Yeah. That right. it wasn't
0: like, well, it's just a defensive. Like, it's like it's going to be a grind them out series. Both these games were close, and I I, I can't uh, overstate how lucky Toronto is to go from the coach of the year last year, yeah. fire him, and then get Nick Nurse, who should probably win coach of the year again for what I mean. Obviously, we talked about this last episode. They don't it's a give out season award, it's yeah. a regular season award, and he might. I don't know. I don't know if he was a finalist for that, but he could be up there. I think he was. It, it was, is it was a, Bud, Mike Malone, and Nick Nurse. And, and oh, Doc Rivers was Doc the Doc Rivers. The so finals. right, he's so. I mean, Nick Nurse could be in there. He's not, but. Just a great job by
2: him. Look, you got to have some stones on you to, in the NBA finals, (laughs) bring out a box and one against maybe the best offensive team all time. Like, that takes cojones on cojones to do. And it's like, it's almost like a taboo. Like you said, it's used in very early levels of basketball. So college, or even college coaches, but prof- especially professional coaches, are afraid to pull that trigger. It's like, you're seen as almost like weak, or almost He's like... going back to the basics, but you know it's almost mean? got them.
1: It's psychologically it's a, reversed. It's a, yeah. it's a
2: strategy. Well, I think a lot of coaches see it as, like, almost a cop-out. Like, we're professionals, so we should be able to play you sp- straight up and beat you, and I'm not gonna like, give my team an aid, or, or a leg up by putting them in a box. Like, no, nah. screw, screw that, yeah. man. Yeah, if it works, like, it works. Say, yeah. If it works, it works. Screw that. Well, and also, it's the element of
0: surprise. I mean, yeah. you talk about it no, in Warfare. Do-
2: element of surprise is great. Same in basketball. No team practices against a box. Right. Now, to, with that being said, he probably can't use it again. Well, and that's he'd what he said. Use, they all, all, all the
0: Raptors kind of, like, almost laughed it off when, are you going to keep doing this? But I do think there is value in, like, okay, every 10th possession, every 7th possession, we're going to blitz that viciously. Yeah. As they soon do as do, do goes, that, yeah. right, and, and have it be totally random where it's just like you're throwing things at them where they can never get into a rhythm, they can—they always have to be on. I the think
2: players. I think that's why the Warriors were able to pull away from the Rockets in that series when it got back to Oracle, because the Rockets, when they found that game plan, kept doing it every single time. And eventually, when you kept blitzing Steph and kept blitzing Draymond, they got the ball out of their hands and able to just—if you do it in spot occasions, it's like a—it's like a defense in football. If you—if I give you different looks, if one snap I'm eight in the box, the next I'm in a dime, the next I have five D backs on the field, right. that throws the quarterback in fits. You know what I mean? Right. And just like the the
1: Raptors, their
2: first game was good for half court, right? Mm-hmm. And
1: they kept them under control. Gate two, it really wasn't that good. They just kind of had a bad stretch all around. Nobody ever really took control of the game. And it just mm-hmm. super disorganized. Nobody was communicating. Uh, a lot of missed opportunities as well.
2: Well, I mean, it's it's hard to run up and down with the Warriors when your best player is coming up, is a little bit injured. And you oh, can see up. that Kawhi has a little bit of a blown tire on that left leg. Um, he's, not getting, he's not as fast. He's not getting as much lift. He's still very impactful. But you can just see he's not at 100% and the Raptors don't have the ability that the Warriors do to say Kawhi, okay, sit or play less minutes. Right they now. need they need Kawhi <laughs> He's out there. there. He still he only ran seven ISO plays in game two, the second lowest amount um, in this playoffs for him. And so you could see that it's that leg is is clearly not getting better, and they're going to have to adjust. But they're going to need him to hit some big baskets because against the Warriors, that's just what you need.
1: We'll talk about adjusting. I'd be worried if I were the Raptors. They're going to up against the clock right now because they don't know when KD is coming back. Right, they that's true. Mm. They that, they're staring at so, that the hourglass. Wins That's here.
2: very true. Like, you're staring at that hourglass like, if you don't win game three, it only gets uglier from here. A- has there
0: ever been a player to have more of, like, a roller coaster in terms of his narrative from Kawhi Leonard being, oh, he's a sellout, he just wants out of to San Antonio, yeah. then he comes, oh, he's only going to leave. Now he's playing through what seems to be some sort of injury, and also, I don't know the, the total truth to this, but... I heard a report that he had bought land or bought a property. In Toronto, yeah. In Toronto, which, you know, you never know about that type of stuff. But but they said the same thing about Jimmy Butler, and apparently talks are going with the Sixers to – Get Jimmy Butler a
2: contract. Oh,
0: let's go back to the 60s, don't it? I, hey, man. I don't Pre- hate it. Preach what you know. Preach what you know. But, um,
1: Apparently, there's also a rumor going around that the restaurants are kind of all ganging <laughs> yeah, up together. It's
0: Kawhi and Dine. <laughs> it's, it's, that's what they, so if They're you,
1: linking up to give him free food for the you know, Stick his life. a sticker
0: on your restaurant, and if Kawhi sees that, it means he can go in there and get that's a free fire. meal. If, I don't this, know. <laughs>
2: if this entire city of Toronto isn't a bunch of Drakes running around, and I it's don't know, night. it really is a whole bunch of Drakes. But going back to Kawhi's gameplay, um, game three is going to be interesting for him because i think he knows he's got to attack the basket and even more he's got to get to the free throw line only shooting about 38 uh from the field in this series but he's shooting 92 percent from the foul line that means We're probably going to see in Game 3, which is happening as we're recording, just to make sure that everyone's aware. What you're going to see a lot in Game 3 is a lot less jump shots from the perimeter from Kawhi and a lot more attacking and going downhill, especially since the Warriors are thin now. You get people in foul trouble. Now you don't have Kavon Ludi coming off the bench. Now you have Jarebko coming off the bench. Now you have Alfonso McKinney coming off the bench, players that they don't want to see playing extended minutes.
1: So just the fact with the possible departure of Kawhi, Kawhi's sister Misha puts up an Instagram Live video the other day that – Oh, I saw this. That people got a hold of, and it's basically something that. Kawai's family talks? <laughs> right? Like surprise, <laughs> surprise. Um, there's somebody chirping in the back basically saying they know darn well that he ain't gonna be there mm. next year. Um, ESPN Brian Windhorst also gathered impression. some information that said Kawhi has been in contact with both LeBron James, Jimmy Butler, Russell Westbrook, and Anthony Davis. Where do we All what right. do we think about that? The right. enters
2: of the NBA. He, here's the, what I'm gonna uh, tell is, you. What that sounds Are like?
0: you expecting me to sit here and believe? Not you specifically, Jewel, just Brian Winhorst, I guess. I am expecting that, that. Kawhi <laughs> is in the midst of the biggest series of his life, and he is sitting after the game texting other people about, "Hey, where you want to go in the offseason? I guarantee of you, I game.
2: guarantee you, that's not happening.
0: I mean, with the type of guy Kawhi is, now look, I don't doubt that maybe his agent has reached out. His, and camp, started, his camp, his, has his camp, has camp, whatever yeah. you want to call it, has kicked tires, and he. I don't think it's guaranteed that he goes back to Toronto. Uh, But what I do think is that there is a much better chance now than there was before the playoffs started. Uh, I mean, look, they get healthy, they get a little bit older um, and more experienced, and now these guys like Van Vliet, these guys like Siakam, are game in, game out, giving you consistent – production and it's a totally different team it's a totally stronger team and it might be the best situation for
2: him all right well let's talk about the narrative of loyalty in the nba because it seems to be non-existent both both ways between player and organization it's like we get what we want out of this deal and there is nothing holding me here like i i will leave if it's every man himself if it's more beneficial for me i will leave i think i mean cleveland really started that with lebron like cleveland really said like Look, you are the greatest player on the planet in both 09 and in 2018. You're the pl- greatest player on the planet, but we have a certain money situation. Right. And this certain money situation trumps you being the best player on the planet. I don't care if you want to go get two more superstars. That's not in our budget. So, LeBron, either win it by yourself or go somewhere else, and that's well, what doing. you want
1: you want to talk about loyalty, let's talk about the Raptors brand ambassador, Mr. Drake. Go ahead. He is very loyal to the six. My feelings towards the subject are very multiplex. Drake is a smart guy, says uh, Mr. Shaq the other day to TMZ Sports. He knows what he's doing. It's called yeah. marketing people. Uh, so, th- this is how I view it. Springtime, he's been a little... Well, I should say prior to spring time, he's been a little quiet. Yeah. Now all of a sudden it's the NBA Finals, he's re-emerging. He's been a little bit quiet, and now it's the first time something big's happening. At first I thought it was a little bit excessive and a bit extra with the Nick Nurse shoulder rub, and and part of me still does. Okay. But Don't if you, get
2: Jake started on the but Nick Nurse it, shoulder rub, uh,
1: And I agree with you there. But if you're branding yourself to each their own man and more power to you, two minutes speech after one of the Raptors wins sounded like he was – Kind of straight out of DeGrassi, yeah. He's mm-hmm. he really in his feelings on that one. He's a but, Jimmy um, ran out of he, some
0: powder, is yeah, what it I sounds. like. I don't know about. what he's doing
1: there. <laughs> I do think though, him kind of clashing with some of the Warriors players now, and the trolling with his jerseys and his attire is phenomenal with the throwback Curry Raptors jersey. Mm. I, I thought that was kind of well. Funny.
2: You well, you know well, you know what it is. Drake is more worried about getting himself exposure than he is really. Supporting the Raptors. You well, don't it's understand. just so convenient he, yeah. that, they, not-
0: that they kind of overlap in this case. Yeah, right? you know what I
2: mean. Like that's that's what it is. Like if do you think Drake really truly goes home and loses sleep if the Raptors lose this series, no. Drake goes. <laughs> no,
0: Drake hops on his charter. Drake trailer. hops on a <laughs>
2: charter, his free private jet. I should oh, add. Right. I saw hops on a free, that free PJ, goes on a European tour and cops a couple hundred million dollars. That's what Drake does if they it lose the series. Is, you right? know what I mean? Um, but at the same time, I said it last week. I'm with him. Um, throw support behind your team. Throw support behind your city. And he's done a lot for the Raptors. Yeah. You know what I mean? He put a uh, a club in the arena. He he was one of the biggest reasons that was at the 2017 All-Star Game was in Toronto, and he was, like, MC of the whole thing. He's brought them jerseys. He's brought them shoes. He's, I mean, I'm not saying do he doesn't love the Raptors,
1: but it, it, at the same time, he needs to take into account. That's also distracting to the Raptors. It's is not it? just distracting to the Warriors. It, it, if,
2: yes, it is. If I'm the Raptors and I see you getting in Draymond's head and Clay's head if if you Nick Nurse trying I'm cool to call a play and cool Drake's coming up
1: behind you going like this. No, that like can't this. be a thing. Like, what that can't, look, no, that, that can't can't happen. That's
2: reckless. But Nick Nurse, like, look, if Nick Nurse didn't want it, it wouldn't happen again. But Drake playfully, so did, it. Right? Yeah, okay. Drake playfully uh-huh. did it. So you're saying it's consensual? Yeah, Drake playfully did it again.
1: You think Nick Nurse was like, oh my God, Drake touched me. <laughs> <laughs> probably. Like,
2: this is so cool. I'm afraid this jacket. I'm never watching this <laughs> again. There are probably millions <laughs> of more people who know who Nick Nurse is now after Drake touched him. Oh, please.
0: Going back. Back to basketball now.
1: Yeah, Nick Nurse is trying to
0: drop an album. He's
2: gonna be in the He, got a, he got a little clothing line on his hat. He's trying to drop something. We're gonna get a
0: Nick Nurse feature on Drake's album. All right, so now we're gonna take a quick step aside to tell you about our giveaway this week. All right, guys. So we've talked a lot uh this episode about the different teams. Drake being so fanatical mm-hmm. about. His team, the Toronto Raptors, and I know a lot of you guys out there are fanatical about your teams as well. James, Buccaneers, Joyer, Packers Packers fan, right? So this giveaway that we're doing is courtesy of Veda Studios. She does custom design kicks. Check out her page on Instagram. Show, show them the,
2: show so them the yeah, list.
0: what she did for me, I got a pair. Uh, a got Look a that. pair of Travis Scott. Um, this is the Astro World album. The side, yeah. And then over here on the other side Ooh. is the Watch cover Love the chucks, by single. By single. Yeah, yep, they're, they're a great pair of shoes. And uh, you can get a custom pair from her again at Beta Studios. But what she's doing for us is she's going to create her own pair for you. Specifically for you, custom drawn with your favorite sports team. All that you need to do to be eligible to win on Twitter and Instagram is like, follow us, and comment your shoe size and your favorite team. We'll be picking the winner in probably two weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, But look out for that on Instagram and Twitter, like I said. Just be following, and you'll have a chance to
2: win. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Can we win this giveaway? I know we couldn't win the last one, but look, I mean, the, the, you got to see the design that she can put together on some, like, regular white vans. I'm telling you, a Buccaneers logo would look yep. nice on these bad boys. All right, so look out
0: for that. Yep. But uh, back to basketball now, a big theme that we've been talking about in the finals has been these guys, these undervalued late picks, sleeper picks, if you want to call them. Uh. Looking at the NBA draft now, Who are some sleepers in this draft who you've seen who you think could fall to a contending team?
2: So here, he wasn't really, for my player, he wasn't really a sleeper this year uh, in the NCAA tournament and in the NCAA regular season, but he's probably going to fall in the late first round, and that's one P.J. Washington, a forward Mm. out of Kentucky. Um, He really worked a lot on his game this past year, um, whether it was really from mid-range or back to the basket or rebounding. Um, P.J. Tucker is going to – or P.J. Washington, I'm sorry, is going to be like (laughs) – a P.J. Tucker, a, Jake, <laughs> a Draymond Green. That's where I was going with it. But that's he's going to be like that in the NBA. A guy who gives you a little bit of everything uh, has a high motor um, and has great technical skills. And what I look for in a big man, his footwork under the basket. His footwork under the basket is going to be great. Um, he's a little bit undersized, but that's really where the NBA is trending now. And I think if he falls to a team like the Spurs, um, a team even maybe like the Nuggets who can use maybe some, some more backup um, – backup big men. The Sixers could use some backup big men. The Rock. I mean, there's a lot of... I like the same on the Sixers. Yeah, there's a lot of contending teams that could use backup big men and P.J. Tucker could really stretch the floor and be one of those guys. Yeah. He he improved his three-point shooting a lot from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. The beginning of the season was shooting about a 23% clip and Kyle Perry made a note of it a lot in the end of a regular season conference and NCAA tournament. He went up to 42% behind the three-point line.
0: Yeah, and I think coming into the season, his teammate Keldon Johnson was probably the highest-billed guy. I think he was a higher recruit in terms of stars or uh, however you want to do that. Tyler Hero teams.
2: might have been the highest or, recruit in team. Or him, either yeah. one.
0: But right, exactly. So PJ Washington, I think, is I agree with you. Out of those three, as stuck out the most, Those all three guys will probably be in the back end of the draft. The guy who I'm looking at from Iowa State, uh, Talon Hort, Horton Tucker, he is, I describe him as large AF, 6'4, <laughs> <laughs> 235. He is a he's seven seven one. 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 He's seven one wingspan, uh, and he's incredibly young too, 18 and a half. I don't. I mean, I don't really buy into like the concept is okay if you're gonna if you're gonna draft a guy who's 22 who's just as good as a guy who's 18 draft the 18 you, you should draft the 18 because once he's 22 he'll be better. You got better. four more years on him. Uh, but with Horton Tucker, he is just a mound, uh, a presence on defense, especially at the guard position. He can switch, which to me, when you're looking at someone who's probably going to be coming off the bench for a better team. You make yourself very valuable by being switchable on defense. You'll be able to not be played off the floor in big games, Mm -hmm. in big series. Uh, And he's someone, like I said, can jump right in on defense day one. His offense needs a little bit of work. He only shot 22% on two-point jumpers, like – it's just uh, not everybody there. Not right now. About, everybody
2: not worried about not worried about two point jumpers, Right. Now. <laughs> right. right about three right. In layups. Uh,
0: but right, so he probably has to work on his jump shot a little bit. But I like him as a player. But I
2: will say, and they had a big win against Kansas, and he was one of the most instrumental players in that win against Kansas. Um, Kansas really fell from the top of the Big Twelve this year. And um, look, Taylor Horton Tucker was one of the one of the best reasons. For that, uh, like you said, he's great on defense. Um, another really good hustle guy. I mean, a lot of these players, if you're going to fall late in the first round to a contender, you got to be willing to do dirty work. you got to be willing. That's why, like, Draymond Green has fallen great on the Warriors. Right. Um, so great. You know what I mean? Why yeah, why the guys
0: play, in this series? You, you know, know what, what I mean? Could play. You could look and there's. Playing hard and playing smart are two things that will get you onto roster. That will get you, too. get you ticked, too. Well, tech. just
1: drafting well in general. There's a lot you need to take into account when drafting. And there's a lot of intel that you need to have on each and every one of the players before making an executive decision. Right. You have to calculate what they're doing now. You have to use deductive reasoning for which team they mold with the best. And more importantly, you need to anticipate for the future to see what they're going to be doing like five years down the road. And, and a player that sticks out to me most is Nikel. Alexander Walker of Virginia Tech. Yeah, good he is the guard. Tech guard. Good he, tech guard. He may not be the most explosive right now, and maybe he doesn't always make the best decisions, but I, I think he will add value to a team in the NBA regardless. I think he has potential to evolve into a better player, shot maker, and I see him having a, a stance in the league.
2: Yeah, I do see him having a good uh, player in the league. He's great off ball. So if you're if you're uh, a player going late in the first round or in the second round, you're probably not going to be brought on a team as a primary ball handler, and you got to be able to make plays off the ball. Um, and he's... He's great off the ball. And if you're going late to one of these teams, late in the first round or early in the second round, you got to be able to make plays off the ball. And he's a great catch-and-shoot guy. Like, you want to talk about players like Klay Thompson who went late to good teams, um, you got to be able to – to do something on the ball when it's passed it to you. Uh, 89.3% of the threes that he made this past season um, came off of sh- uh, passes or shots that were assisted to him. He, after he didn't create his own shot, but he's ready to shoot and ready to make plays, and he cashes out when it gets to him.
0: Yeah, but he's a good player, and he's someone who I looked at as well. Uh, one guy who I really, really like is Brandon Clark, uh, big I I call him a big because he's not necessarily a a cent. Well, here's the thing. He played center for them. He's tall, but he's not big. He's 6'8". So he is, right, as an A big. Um, But, yeah, he he logged as many blocks as missed shots during the regular season. And it's funny that now in the NBA – He's viewed, that's a strength. You can switch on to anyone. He can play bigs. He can play guards, uh, where back in the day they might label him a tweener. That's a huge yeah. plus. He's, He's right. plus. extremely versatile. Right, switchable, yeah. which he we could talked
2: play, about. Def- defend three positions. Right. Be- real quick before we go to the countdown, the reason why we're making this point, is a lot of players in this finals right now yeah. that came late. I'm going to listen for you right now. Fred Van Fleet. Undrafted. Mm. Pascal Siakam, the 27th overall pick in uh-huh. 2017. OG Anunoby, hurt but still on the team. The 23rd pick in that 27 draft. Kavon Looney was the third pick. Alfonso McKinney went undrafted for three years ago for a team that went two and 20 in the second division of the Luxembourg Basketball League. That's in Germany, people, and still is now playing on a finals team. Draymond Green also went late. So look, just because they don't go early doesn't mean they won't be impactful. A
1: thousand percent. Mm. All right guys, time to head it to the countdown. Number 5.
2: The number of
0: domestic league champions that Liverpool beat on their run to win the Champions League. That's France, Germany, Spain, Portugal and Serbia. You want to know why they were able to go on this magical run? Why? You know who owns part of Liverpool? Sir LeBron. That's right. Mr. LeBron James. If there
2: was a team that had to beat my Barcelona to get to the <laughs> Champions League, I'm glad it's a team
0: that's partly owned by me. I mean, LeBron. honestly, once he was retired from basketball, he should be put out there as the goalkeeper. You can't tell <laughs> me you could not train LeBron.
2: That's that's 40 clean sheets a season. Oh, come on. Right there. Number four. Number four. The number of belts Andy Ruiz, Andy Ruiz Jr. stripped of Anthony Joshua after a seven-round TKO. I mean, I don't want to laugh because this yeah, is, this La- laugh. is, laugh. is it's hilarious. a 33 one <laughs> heavyweight title fighter, but look, he really took Anthony Joshua's lunch money, and it, it might go down as next to Buster Douglas and Mike Tyson as the biggest upset in I, boxing history.
0: I was making fun of Andy jo- or Andy Ruiz before the fight went down like, look at this guy, are you mm-hmm. kidding me? And he pulled off the unthinkable. Congrats to him. Man.
2: Right. I mean, this, this just makes the heavyweight boxing all sticky now, because people were hoping Anthony Joshua would win, so that maybe Wilder would beat Tyson Fury and they'd set up, but now Anthony Joshua got a whole lot of thinking to do. Guys, number
0: three. Number of players to have twelve or more thirty-point games in a single postseason in the last ten seasons. That being LeBron three times, <laughs> three count them three. <laughs> three times. Kobe. Said
1: LeBron
2: far too many times. And, and Kawhi. No, there's LeBron, I could, LeBron, I could, LeBron,
0: LeBron. I could, LeBron, I could sit LeBron. here and say it for like fifty uh, minutes. I love, man. So I love it.
2: Um, look, Kawhi's having one of the best. Postseason runs of all time, but like we said last week, it just puts into perspective the runs and the run last year that LeBron James had. So let's just not forget greatness when yep. we see it. Number two. Number two, uh, the number of times since 2010 that the UCLA Bruins have won the college softball world series mm-hmm. last night that defeated Oklahoma for a second straight game in walk-off fashion to win it. Look. People don't really sleep on college softball. No, I've actually, and yeah. a and a dry part of the sports here in the summer, in the beginning of the summer, college softball is lit. I'm t- like they play with the most passion, it's
1: competitive as hell, the it, most
2: intensity. Yeah. And look, you want to talk about durability? Like these girls go out on the mound and pitch hundreds of pitches back yeah. to back to back games and don't break a sweat. Uh, you
0: and I were talking about our girl Sis Bates Sis, on Washington. What a glove, man! Yeah, <laughs> yeah she was crazy <laughs> out there. She was Flash awesome. And good, good, good for them. It's awesome. Number one. Number of years left on Anthony Davis's contract with the Pelicans. I saw a report out there that apparently, David Griffin and Anthony uh, Davis are planning to meet one final time, see where AD stands, and figure out the best way to go about it. If you ask me right now, I think he's probably going. They also
2: have also just started taking offers to see what they can get for Anthony Davis. So I think that door door is starting to inch open. (laughs) AD is going to walk right out of it, I'm telling you. Um, but that's all the time we have for this episode. Time for at the buzzer. Julie, you have anything to say at the buzzer?
1: I do. Thank you for taking over for me last week, my man. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate it. I missed you too. I missed you. Um, I was at the Phillies game. They ended up winning. I think it was eleven to four. I had to dip a little early. It was past my bedtime. It got and pushed back because. Uh, I
2: was about to say you. I'm it, glad you didn't get swept away had by a tornado. Tornado yeah, warning. We, tornado. Tornado.
1: I we were I in here. Oh, yeah. yeah. it was <laughs> awful. But uh, that being said, I was there for a good cause. One of my family members, Mr. Spike Clark, was diagnosed with. MS back in 2009 Mm. and ever since uh, the springtime after we've been raising money in various ways I am doing the MS Mud Run this weekend. over by uh, Westchester and we're doing the uh, 5K Mud Run with our team Spikes Wolf Pack. That's awesome. If anybody would like to still donate you're more than welcome to uh, the MS Society the MS Mud Run you can find us on there and you can search Spikes Wolf Pack and we're just we've raised really close to 11K just from Mud Run already and we do a a lot of other stuff that's awesome. uh, We're going to keep it going and I really appreciate the support everyone.
2: Count me in I'm definitely going to throw support any support behind a good cause I can throw Um, I'm going too, and it's awesome that you're a part of that every year, Joel. Yep. So please keep that up. Uh, my at the buzzer is a little bit, um, a little bit less serious. So this has happened to me in a couple of times oh in the past week, and way too many times out the span of my life. I don't know what it is about some people that get way too comfortable with you when you have food around. But I am one of those people. Do not put your hand on my plate until you ask, at hey, Joey, you're massaging me because you know you're a culprit. T- t-
1: tell me you're a Friends fan. The episode, he goes, Joey we doesn't share
2: food. food. No, here's the thing. I'm not as bad as Joey because I will share food. Just ask the kid.
1: You're not gonna
2: steer, uh, uh, your fries with a chick on a date. The, look, mm. if she asks me, if she look, there might be one person on this planet that don't have to ask and to go on my plate. And it's me. And, and that's and that's my mom. Jake, oh. put your hand on my plate, you gonna get smacked. Look, mm. do not like it's it's it's. I'm a I'm a germaphobe when it comes to that. <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> disrespect, the principle. If I got food and you want some, just ask. Not rushing in and going here, take this. No, no, no! Self. Don't put your hand You're on my plate. Gone. Don't put your hand on my plate. Yeah, here's I can vouch for that. Yeah, That's what I'm go. saying. Talk, to, that, Talk uh, yeah, to him, Stat Matt. Talk to him. Yeah,
0: I can vouch, James, since a very, I think like first, second, third grade, all the way through there, I've, se- I've seen it occur uh, up until now. But uh, for my portion of at the bu- buzzer, I am stepping into the adult world and uh, looking for car insurance. Ooh. And uh, so I didn't know that it was going to be so expensive. Um, it turns out (laughs) it's really expensive to own a car, especially when you're a young driver.
1: Especially when you live in
0: Philadelphia. Yeah, they hit you at all, that rate goes up. Right, yeah, so as soon as they learn that you're driving a whole bunch of miles to work, they hit you, uh, I think that we should move to a system where there's no car insurance, and uh, it's a fight to the death after you, that. you got uh, into an accident. And that determines you. The
2: fourth work. annual purge has now commenced.
0: <laughs> that's, what, that's what
2: Jake wants. You want Russia <laughs> out here and, like, driving into each other right. and stuff. Uh, I'm not going to get behind that. Because as a person who's dinged up a uh, lot of cars <laughs> in his life, I like that I have that insurance behind me. Because Or else no, I'd, be probably wa- I'd be yeah. I'd be walking I, <laughs> everywhere. I'd
1: go 95 on 95.
2: So I, I, like, real... <laughs> and uh, look, that's all the time we have for this episode of Straight Facts. It was a great episode, yep. y'all. Good job. Big up. To Greg Baron, Kyle Sobieski, and staff Matt Robinson behind the camera for my partner Joel Schmitz. It's
1: been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. From my main
2: man Jake Galley, I'm James Jackson, and these have been the facts. Straight
0: up.